0: to episode 15 of the Black Valor Podcast. I'm your host, M. Parks, and this week we are looking at the 1st Rhode Island Regiment, the black regiment that began during the Revolutionary War. Each week I try to bring you interesting stories on blacks who have served the military throughout history, and I try also to focus on those events and groups that have not gotten much attention over the years and decades. So the 1st Rhode Island Regiment is one of those where you will see as I go through and describe the events of the 1st Rhode Island Regiment that there's many things that are said about the unit in popular history and some of those are true and some not as with most of these cases. But this one was a particularly interesting topic to research because of the disparity between the more public accepted view of the 1st Rhode Island Regiment, and the actual truth, or what's as close as we can get to it, of the makeup and composition of the unit, and what they did. So for this episode, I will be describing the formation of the 1st Rhode Island Regiment, some of the battles that they participated in, the makeup of the regiment, and what happened to these guys afterwards. It's important to note that from the start of the Revolutionary War, blacks fought for the revolution and in some cases against. As you probably have read about, there were a large contingent of blacks who were taken into service by the British and they were promised their freedom. And that's another topic that I will cover in future episodes. There's a very good book out there on that. Uh, entitled Rough Crossings, and some other topics that, uh, or excuse me, some other material that discusses that. But Rhode Island was no different than many of the other areas that uh, composed the colonies at that time that were breaking away from England. They had many free blacks. Also, there was a large number of uh, enslaved blacks, but they had quite a few Native American tribes particularly the Narangaset tribe and they also participated in helping fight off the British offenses. So, so the first Rhode Island Regiment was created by an act of the Rhode Island Red Legislature on 8 February 1778. This was the unit that came to be known as the Black Regiment but it's important to go back a few years and describe how they got to that point. When the British had arrived in that area. In fact, they had uh captured Newport in December 1776. They also had occupied Aquidneck uh, Island. The Rhode Island legislature had militias already established. So this is something that's uh kind of glossed over and not talked about much. There was a first and second regiment At this time, most of the militias that were around, including also the Continental Army, were composed of integrated units. That means all nationalities fought together. So yes, there weren't large numbers of blacks fighting, but those who could did fight in these integrated units. So there was no separation based on color of your skin, which again included the Native Americans. When the British attacked, they had units, but the units in Rhode Island were very strain. George Washington wanted to be able to call on these units to have more impact, more power in fighting the British. Brigadier General James Varnum actually asked General George Washington for permission to raise two battalions of slaves to help defend the state. He wanted a total of 1,430 men, so that would have filled out the ranks for those two battalions. Washington agreed to his proposal, and he sent that back to the Rhode Island legislature, which is why they enacted this act on 8 February. At the time, the population of black and Indians in the Rhode Island was 3,331. That includes free and, and slave blacks. The measure basically stated that they voted and resolved that every able-bodied Negro, mulatto, or Indian man-slave in this state may enlist into either of the two battalions. For the men who enlisted, they were entitled to bounties, wages, and encouragements and immediately discharged from the service of their master or mistress. This came with a financial cost because obviously the owners of the slaves were compensated from the state in order to release their people into the uh, their militia. At the beginning, only 50 men had enlisted, and this was back before this measure in uh, February 1777, but eventually they grew to have 400 men uh, by March 1776. So the measure that was passed on 1778 was actually the second attempt to fill out these ranks of the first and the second. There were quite a few numbers of uh, Native Americans that joined. So it's a little disingenuous to say that the first Rhode Island was an all-black unit. They had white officers, there were a significant portion of blacks, and at some points uh, they were kind of formed into companies where they would have been all black. But there was also that large percentage of uh, Native Americans as well in this unit. They became known as the Black Regiment because they had a higher percentage compared to all the other militias and the Continental Army itself. So that's how they became known. But Washington had ordered this understraight. First and second Rhode Island to join him from Rhode Island. They had appointed Colonel Christopher Green as the commander, but at the time, Christopher Green was actually being held captive in Quebec. He was part of that failed raid in Quebec to take over the territory there, you know, the Ticonderoga attacks. And they were trying to conquer Canada. They were trying to capture the forts there, and he was one of the men who got captured. In his stead, Lieutenant Colonel Comstock was the commander until Green could join the unit. When the unit moved down to support General Washington, they brigaded with the 4th and the 8th Connecticut, and they were placed under the command of General Varnel, so the person who had really pushed to have blacks enlisted, whether they were free or slave. Around the summertime of 1777, Colonel Green joined the unit and took his rightful place as commander. But due to the low number of troops, uh, members of the first Rhode Island then, at that time, were transferred to the second Rhode Island, and Green was sent back to Rhode Island with the remaining troops that he had. So this is when you had another recruitment effort, and that produced less than 200 men before the assembly halted recruiting on 10 June 1778. There was a couple reasons. For one, the slave owners were really up in arms. That Yes, they were going going to save it, but that didn't take care of their problems because they still needed the manpower, the labor. And some people obviously didn't like the idea of arming slaves with weapons. That's one of the main impetus that killed this plan and also the expense to the state for paying the bounties and everything else. Uh, towards these men who were going to serve all in all it was about four months of open season time where blacks were able to join the unit in large quantities and uh, their Native Americans and from Rhode Island the unit formed again as a first and they had their first action in battle with the Battle of Rhode Island on 29 August 1778, just a little over a month after they were formed. They defeated three assaults by British troops at Newport, Rhode Island. We have some record of this, uh, their valor there, because Major General John Sullivan, who was one of the commanders in that area, was fighting a holding action against the British, had to retreat. He sent a letter to George Washington that praised the 1st Rhode Island Regiment. And he said, having acquired great honor by their activity and spirited exertions during the day, Sullivan's unit had escaped with few casualties. There was also a rumor, uh, again, could be just speculation or one of those things that goes around, not really confirmed in multiple sources that I looked at, I tried, But there was a rumor that the regiment killed so many Hessians that one of the Hessian commanders actually resigned his commission rather than lead his troops against the first. Not out of fear, but because he didn't want to have that burden of having so many men killed under his command. After the battle was won, the first Rhode Island actually remained there to protect Newport, and the Continental troops forced the British to evacuate in October 1779. So they stayed around many of the other continental troops followed south to continue pushing the British. Later Congress reorganized the army again in October 1781 and they merged the first and second Rhode Island again. This left them with 450 men in the one unit out of the 650 that were authorized the unit was stationed along the Croton River north of Manhattan. Then on 14 May the unit was surprised by British raiding party and Colonel Green was killed but he was replaced by Lieutenant Colonel Jeremiah Olney. After Olney became a commander they would sometimes be referred to as Olney's Regiment. They were one of the first units that actually headed towards Yorktown, and they joined with a New Jersey regiment there. On 14 October, the regiment assaulted and captured Redoubt 10, and they were noted for their ferocity and their commitment to the fight. This marked the last major action for the 1st Rhode Island Regiment. The regiment disbanded on 3 November 1783, when Congress consolidated all of the regiments that had less than 500 men, and the state refused to pay for another recruiting campaign to get the 1st Regiment back up to strength. So between 1775 and 1783, over 7,550 blacks and Native Americans fought for the Continental Army and the Rhode Island militias. And these are people that came from Rhode Island. So they weren't all in the first. They were spread throughout different units in the militias and also the Continental Army. Unlike the whites who fought in the war, the black soldiers did not receive any of the compensation for their service. So all the promises of the bounties and even the promise of freedom for some of the blacks who fought was stripped away at the end of the war. Some soldiers actually had to return as slaves for their former masters over a couple of years some of the masters would remember their promise and their pledge and they would free the slaves and others spent the rest of their life in slavery even though they had fulfilled their part of the bargain so it was a kind of a well not kind of it it was a sad end note to a period of service that these men had formed for the country and its initial founding if you want to find some of the sources The ones I found most useful because, again, there were plenty of sources out there, but not many that I felt I could trust that had some kind of vetting scholarly leanings or anything that uh, seemed official. The first one is the 1st Rhode Island Regiment of the Continental Line, and I found that on the AmericanRevolution.org site. The almost forgotten 1st Rhode Island Regiment, that's on the Williamsburg Tours, Website. This one has a long name, but it's worth it. The Advancement in African American Rights Due to the 1st Rhode Island Regiment's Successful Defense of Major General John Sullivan's Unit in the Battle of Newport, Rhode Island. That's on History Engine, uh, Richmond University website. And 1st Rhode Island Regiment, Black Soldiers in the Revolutionary War. That's from the U.S. Army Soldiers Magazine. And last but not least, the battle at the Rhode Islanders, sorry, .org. As always, if you like what you hear, please feel free to leave comments on the forum, or if you just have future topics you would like to cover or anything you want to to discuss about this 1st Rhode Island Regiment or any of the other topics on my website, please go to www.blackvalor.net leave a message on the forums. I can be reached via email at blackvalor1010 at gmail.com also on Twitter at blackvalor1010 and on Facebook at blackvalor. The next episode will be in about two weeks and I am going to start looking into or start talking about inequality in the Air Force and go over the steps that the Air Force took to integrate the service. So that's all I have, and I'll see you in weeks.